Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to All the Wiser. I'm Kimmy Kolb. All the Wiser is a one-for-one podcast. For every inspiring interview you hear, we donate $2,000 to charities around the world. I believe in the power of storytelling to inspire us all to think differently about the world around us. So I've combed the country for some of the most jaw-dropping stories you have ever heard. People who have been to the brink and back, stories of survival against all odds, and whose lives have been changed in unthinkable ways. Today's episode is a little bit different. It is officially, somehow, the day before Thanksgiving. So, we thought it was the perfect time to take a minute, reflect, and look back at all the incredible wisdom our brave guests have shared with us over this past year. I personally consider their life lessons and wisdom a gift, and I'm excited to share some of the moments that our listeners say they cannot get out of their hearts and minds. Before we get started, I want to let you know that we will be taking a very short break over the holidays. We will be back with you to start the new year and share some fresh and unforgettable stories. On a personal note, I wanted to share the reason why. Like many of you, while I love the holidays, December for me has always been really overwhelming. And the old me would push and push to get it all done, get it right, try and make it perfect, regardless of how anxious or exhausted it left me. I am trying my best to learn and grow, and this project is a part of that process. So many of our guests have talked about the importance of stepping back, taking better care of yourself, and making time for the things that matter most. So this December, I'm going to try and let go of perfectionism and sink into those wise words. And I hope that you will find your own way to take care of yourself during this busy season. Now on to today's episode. We recorded our very first interview in New York with firefighter Matt Long, who survived being hit by a 20-ton bus. Many of you have shared that one of your favorite moments in the episode is when he talked about playing basketball in his backyard as a little boy and how it foreshadowed his tenacity and perseverance and coming back from being nearly dead to completing an Ironman. Let's take a listen. And the coach, after practice, pulled the three of us aside and started drilling us, running us up and down the court. And he said, you three have showed me that you're committed and want to be on this team. I don't want to walk on. But there's a chance I'm going to take one person. And he th- threw the ball at us and said, first one to hit two foul shots is, in the, is on my team. I flash back to when I was a kid. And I'm in the backyard, and we had a kind of a makeshift backyard. It wasn't a perf- bas- perfect basketball court layout. You had the cellar door over here, various landmines from the dog. And I remember going in the backyard, taking my foul shots, and mom yelling, dinner's ready. 
I'm like, oh, five more minutes, mom, you know, five more minutes. And she's like, Matt, let's go, dinner's ready. And I'm like, oh, man. But I remember, okay, mom, coming, no time on the clock, it's, the score's tied. And I would take two foul shots, win the game, go inside, happy, whatever. And that dream came back to me. I'm like, this is awesome. I've been here for two weeks, just sweated for two hours. I'm on the line for two foul shots. It's brought me back to my childhood. I drained two foul shots and played college basketball my senior year. For my career as a journalist, I know that people are fascinated by shark attacks, as am I. But until I met David Byrd, I had no idea how inspiring they could be. Against all odds, David survived a violent shark attack while paddleboarding with his dad in Hawaii. And what we keep hearing from our listeners is that he is one of the most optimistic people they have ever heard. He's a living example of the power of gratitude and how the way we choose to look at things makes all the difference. Like if you look at the shark attack, like I definitely should have died. And so if you look at the number of like crazy improbable things that had to happen for me not to die, then this is actually like, I'm amazingly lucky. If you only focus on the fact that I was attacked by a shark, I'm amazingly unlucky. And so I can choose, like I have a choice. Do I like see my life as incredibly unlucky or as incredibly lucky? And that's that's a choice of how you like frame everything about how you talk about everything, about how you think about everything. And if you find yourself kind of like in these constant loops of negativity, like, you know, it's this sounds so cliche, but you sort of the universe will probably like continue to treat you negatively. <laughs> like if you're always in a bad mood and you're like mean to other people, they're probably not going to treat you as well. And so you get this, this reflexivity of life where if you are positive and you think you can do it and you, it's not about being like naive. Oh, I think I can do everything. It's like realistically, like try to find the things that you, you do actually believe in that you do think are great. And you focus on those. There's something about the way that other people react to that, where it just works way better. Before I officially started the podcast, I knew who my dream guest was. One of my very best friends, Michelle Barisco. Michelle's husband, Steve Gleason, has ALS and is unable to walk, talk, or speak. She has always been one of the most vulnerable and honest people I know. And her interview highlights the value in being open and honest about your feelings and not judging yourself for having them. It would be like a lie to make the sugar-coated, especially for people who are, are caregiving, and not to make it, you know, look how truthfully hard it is, because it is, it is that hard, because you're always, well, physically and mentally it's hard, but you're always comparing yourself, at least for me, to the sick person. So it's like, I want to complain about being tired, but I don't, I don't really want to complain about it because Steve can't move. And I want to complain about taking care of Rivers, but I can't really complain about it because Steve can't even hold Rivers. So it's always this underlying, and I'm sure people who are taking care of people with cancer or, or you know, parents or kids, anyone, I think people go through, I guess maybe that's a little bit of like a survivor's guilt. Um, 
you're not able to really feel or express your feelings because there's someone who is hurting so much more than you. And it's just an unfair, it's an unfair thing. And I also think as a caregiver, not caregiving as much as you want to is like quitting or it, it shows that you're, you know, not strong or like you're not able to do something. And so for me, I think there's a little bit of, I'd see other people caregiving without help. And so if they can do it, I want to do it. And then I feel like I'm, 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 I feel like I'm failing if I don't continue to do this. But the reality is the farther you go, the more your relationship breaks up with the sick person and the more you kind of die inside. So to me, my advice to to caregivers is always like, you're not going to do this until you're ready, but giving up, if you have the resources, uh, giving up some of your roles, the caretaking role to other people and getting help is so critical in the longevity of this journey because burning out as a caregiver is bad for both, both people and everyone around you. In July, I decided to share a deep, dark secret with thousands of people. My secret was living with bipolar disorder for two decades and being completely ashamed of having a mental illness. I learned many things, but one of the most important is by being open and honest, you can be of service to others. Over the past few months, I have spoken with at least a dozen people who reached out to talk about their own experience, mostly realities that are happening right now, whether it was their own mental health, um, in many cases, the mental health of their children. And I was able to give them advice and resources and hopefully some comfort. So that has been pretty incredible. I was really, really scared to do this interview And I had to muster a lot of courage, and I couldn't be happier that I did. I feel so much less shame, and I think both excited and grateful to play a part in ending the stigma around mental health. Here's a short clip of my interview with Holly Gordon, who took over my job as the host for the day. At 19, I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. And since that, so 23 years, 22 years plus, I have, um, in very large part, um, kept it a secret with a lot of shame around it. So it's something that I've lived with and something that I've managed since I was 19 years old. At what point did you decide that you would keep this a secret and why? Um, I don't remember consciously making a choice. I think, um, in my head it was, um, in my head dirty is the word. Like it was, Mm. it was flawed and dirty and wrong and embarrassing and I'm mentally ill and how, how can this happen? Um, so it didn't it felt too scary to put that out there and have no control of how other people would 
experience it or conceive it or what people would think about me or say about me. Um, so I just decided that it was safer to keep it secret. And I became exceptionally well at white knuckling difficult times. Um, I think most people who, who know me, you know, certainly would be surprised, maybe not. And you know what I mean? To, to your point, you know me so well, you're like, oh, okay, that makes more sense. Maybe my high school boyfriends would be like, oh, no, it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> it's a heightened sense of energy, like almost a euphoric energy. Outwardly, you need, I think, less sleep and feud. <laughs> I think you need less sleep and less food. You don't even need that energy. I mean, it's just coming to you naturally. So food and sleep are kind of don't need it. Um, rapid speech is a really big one for people to look for. Um, you know, your brain's communicating all the ideas that you have and speech can really pick up. Um, so it can be weight loss, not sleeping, rapid speech, kind of euphoria, just this really kind of high a constant high. It almost sounds like being like jolted with adrenaline. Yes. Yeah. That's what it feels like. Um, and then. On the flip side. Yeah. The flip side is. Um, feeling really, really. Sad and dark. And you can be in a sea of love and feel sad and dark and alone and scared. Um, so for me, that's just kind of a depression mixed with anxiety. I got, a, I get a lot of anxiety. Um, and you can also on that end struggle with, with sleep and eating. Um, I, I think most people can relate to that one because I think most everybody has felt depressed, whether it was something that happened in their life or, struggling with clinical depression or just dealing with difficult stuff. But it is a, a, a darkness that feels like um, you cannot escape it. And it also, when it's happening, it feels very permanent. So you're waking up in emotional pain. I know when it's been really bad for me, I wake up and immediately it's like, can I do, like, can I, because you know what you're going to feel all day. Like, you know the weight of what you're going to feel and that, in my case, I'm not willing to show that. Like I am going to put on a brave face and do and and keep all of that private. And then at night, like almost looking at the clock and being like, when can I go to bed? Because I can just sleep and not have to feel this way. Many of you told us how much you loved our next featured guest, Khalil Rafadi. His story of going from a homeless heroin addict living on Skid Row to a clean, sober, and wildly successful entrepreneur. Not only was he a great storyteller, but what we heard is that the fact that he could turn his life around in such a profound way gave you hope that anything is possible. 
Khalil's story reminds us that we don't really know what great things are waiting for us around the corner. And that is cliche as it is, with love, dedication, and radical determination, there is nothing we can't achieve. So I looked and felt like I was dying of AIDS. I was 109 pounds. My teeth were falling out of my head. My hair was falling out. Um, my rib cage was visible on, on both sides. Clavicles were really prominent. And um, to walk from here to your lounge chair is right there. I would have been wheezing from smoking all that crack and smoking all that meth and smoking all that um, black tar heroin. So I was just, I was shot out. I was absolutely physically a mess. Um, and I look like an old man. I definitely, at 33 years old, I look like an old man. And at, at what am I now, 49? At 49 years old, about to turn 50, I am by far the great in the greatest shape of my life the darkness of my past gave me the, the tiny little bit of humility that i possess which is so necessary to navigate the waters of of life and business and success um the humility came through that bottoming out i had to go through that i had to i had to suffer and go i had to suffer and go through what i went through in order to have empathy for other people that are suffering. Well, the goal is to serve. The goal is to inspire people. The goal is to, as it says on the wall, the goal is to love, heal, and inspire people through nutrition, through example, and through my story. So yeah, of course, I had to be that guy in order to be this guy sitting here. The very funny author, mom, speaker, and beloved podcast host, Nora McInerney, graced our presence. She falls under the category of refreshingly, brutally honest. Nora survived more grief at once than most people do in a lifetime. Within six weeks, she lost her husband to brain cancer, her father, and miscarried her second child. We asked her what to do when something really bad happens to someone you know. What are the things that are actually helpful and the ones that are incredibly unhelpful? Here, Nora shares a beautiful lesson and showing up for the people in your life when they need it the most. When the shitty stuff happens, what is the right? There's no right. I guess, but but what is the best thing that you can do to show up? Whatever you can and will do to show up. So if you can physically show up and shovel someone's sidewalk in a snowstorm, that's what you do. That's what my neighbors did. If you can show up and bring somebody's child to daycare and the kid knows you and will get in your car and happily, then that's what you do. So you do the thing that you are capable of and that you will do and preferably the thing that you will do consistently for a person. You don't ask them, what can I do? Because they don't know. They don't know. They don't know what they need and they don't know what you're capable of. So you just do a thing and you do it and you you never ask, did you get that thing? You never, you never wonder about a thank you. You do it for no gratification whatsoever. You do it fully expecting. You will never, ever 
hear a thank you from that person. They've got so much on their minds. In fact, add in the card, don't thank me for this. Mothers came up a lot in our interviews. In our final clip, we go back to our conversation with Matt Paulson, and we are reminded of the true power of a mother's love, especially in your darkest of days. She turned and she said she saw something she'd never seen before in a hospital. Every like nurse, every doctor, every staff member in the ICU had just somehow gravitated towards this room. And there was like 40 of them just standing out looking in through this window. And she said they looked like they were a church choir. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. But they were this silent and they were just kind of leaned forward and they were sending in this positive energy. And she was so moved by these people mine, that, you know, just clearly shine, like had love for her son. They didn't know her son. It was this very spiritual experience for her. She said it was like, and it just gave her this strength. And so she gathered herself and she turned back to the table and she started coaching me, you know, coaching me back. She said, Matthew David Polson, these people are fighting to save your life. They are fighting so hard to save your life, but you're not fighting hard enough. You got to fight Matthew David Polson. You got to show them that you're a fighter. You got to fight to come back. These people are fighting to save your life. So she kept saying that. And the flatline went on for four and a half minutes, which is you know, an eternity in that room, but also just, you know, medically, you usually don't come back from that. Um, and so, you know, my mom, as she's saying all that, she just kept thinking, she kept thinking, like, please don't call it. Like, don't, she, she works in a hospital, she hears flatline, and then she hears people saying the patient has passed every single day. And so she was just in her head, don't call it. And just as she thought the doctor was going to call it, he kind of turned away and like shook his head. She, he, he stopped her a second and said, wait a second. And he kind of, turned back and he goes, I think we have a pulse. And all of a sudden my eyes opened up and I looked up at my mom and I looked up at my dad and I kind of slowly raised my right arm and gave a thumbs up. So thank you to all of our guests and thank you to you, our listeners, for an incredible 2019. I will end by wishing you all a happy holidays. And what the holidays really mean is spending time with the people you love most. This year, I am going to make a point to remember the people for whom the holidays are much more complicated. People who feel loneliness people who are estranged from their families. And I think for so many, the holidays are a reminder of the people they love that they have lost. Whether you are single, married, a grieving widow, a mom, a dad, or just going through something difficult, I hope that you'll think about the ways that you can create more connections and also reach out to someone who could use a caring voice on the other end of the line. Happy holidays. Thank you for listening. And we will be back in the new year. I'm going to let it shine. Keep it 
All the Wiser is produced by Erica Gerard at Podkit Productions. And our associate producer is Kessie Hollister. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.